0: The Big Fight Weekend Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. The MyBookie Turkey Day free play is back for Thanksgiving. That's right up to $250 on a free bet on the Texans and the Lions for Thanksgiving is exclusively yours at MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is the new daily fantasy sports app built specifically around player props. Download the app in the App Store or the Google Play Store and use that promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, indeed. Hello there. Hopefully you got enough to eat over Thanksgiving as we come in and get you ready for something besides the F for food. The F is for fights and a fight weekend that has bouts all over the place from France to Miami, from Los Angeles to London, We're ready to preview all of it on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am merely the somewhat capable host. I've got special guests coming up, including from over in England. Our buddy David Payne, he's kind of the UK correspondent on the podcast. He is known as The Boxing Writer. I love his insight. His Twitter handle is TheBoxingWriter. He is also at BoxingWriter.co.uk on the web. BoxingWriter.co.uk is his website. He has written a bunch this week about several different subjects, including the Daniel Dubois-Joe Joyce heavyweight contender showdown in England Of all the fights this weekend, I think this one has me the most interested, so I'm looking forward to talking to David about that, and he and I are contemporaries. Uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones are about to fight in a fight or an exhibition or whatever this is. He and I will talk historical perspective. I'll get David's thoughts on how serious that we should be taking this. Later on in the show, Marquise Johns will be here, senior writer for the site for BigFightWeekend.com. Get his thoughts On all the action, including Daniel Jacobs, former IBF middleweight champion, fighting at 168 in a non-title fight. Super middleweight non-title fight against Gabe Rosado. That one in the uh, Hollywood, Florida Hard Rock Casino in the Sunshine State on Friday night. Uh, Marquise will have more on Dubois and Joyce, more on the Tyson card. Also a French heavyweight contender. Not a French pastry with all the food being passed around, but a, a legit... Uh, French knockout heavyweight, uh, former gold medalist. He'll tell you more about Tony Yoka later on in the podcast. If you're with us, Yoka in action on Friday night in France, Friday afternoon, U.S. time as part of Thanksgiving weekend. All right, uh, and it's Thanksgiving, obviously, in the United States. Everywhere else, they don't care as much, but we, we love getting the food, getting the leftovers, and all of this. By the way, thank you to our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast and sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their website, their network feed of shows. If you have not already, not only find Sports Gambling Podcast and their website, but find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, etc. Easiest way this show comes to you. We're always coming in the preview mode uh, prior to... Uh, humongous fights I know we got Errol Spence and Danny Garcia next weekend we've got uh, Anthony Joshua and Kubrat Pulev unified heavyweight title fight the following weekend then Canelo Alvarez and Callum Smith the weekend after that we're always coming in the preview mode you'll get the newest show right away if you subscribe so subscribe away Apple Podcasts Spotify wherever you get it however you found us subscribe it'll come automatically to your phone your iPad etc uh, love to have you rate us and review us as well. More and more of you have done that. Keep doing that, and more people will find the Big Fight Weekend podcast by you rating us and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify specifically. Uh, All right, so we're ready to uh, mix it up here and talk about all of the action for this weekend. Big closeout to the year here on the last, what, five weekends of the year. It seems like one action-packed fight after another that shall be coming up. Let's get to it. We'll go across the pond straight ahead. Marquise with me in the final segment to help preview all of it. Let's get rolling. Indeed, he is going to lead things off, and rightfully so, before we get to Saturday night's British unbeaten heavyweight contender showdown between Daniel Dubois and Joe Joyce. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about and mix it up with the boxing writer, David Payne, back from his website, boxingwriter.co.uk. We're kind of using him as a British correspondent from time to time. He's been with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast almost since the very beginning. He's a regular, he's got the open invite, he's got the red carpet, and he's back with me on the show. How are you, sir?
1: I'm very good, TJ. Thank you. Uh, It's good to be back talking about boxing after a long sabbatical. I think the last time I was on, We were just coming out of lockdown, and I had that kind of crazy professor, drunken uncle type of vibe going on. Hopefully hopefully I'm a bit more composed and with it this time, Uh, but it's great to be back on the big fight weekend.
0: Oh, yeah, and we love your insight. You were with us right when all the shutdowns were happening, and we were trying to figure out if they could have fights in the summer, and I still remember your line as plain as today. I don't want to be the prophet of doom, you said, (laughs) but you were the prophet of doom. Uh, and you were correct. Uh, you were born, you were born out correct. The good news is we have to a degree, come back on the other side here with fights. Uh, we're starting to have some fans socially distanced with mass, et cetera, in the United States. We're trying to get there in other places, in other continents uh, with fights. I mean, I know in Australia, the Tim Zoo fight kind of unrelated. They had a pact. A uh, crowd in Australia for the Zoo Jeff Horn fight earlier uh, back a couple of months ago. So it just kind of depends on where you are. Uh, give me an idea here. I know I know we've got the Dubois Joyce fight coming Saturday. That's not going to have fans. The hope from Eddie Hearn in December is that the Joshua unified heavyweight title fight with Kubrat Pulev might have some fans. Is there some sentiment among the, the the English fight fan among the UK that, that we'd like to get back to some of this, or is there such apprehension? What is the vibe right now from that angle?
1: I think the vibe is that um, across all sports, there's a there's a desire to get back to uh, spectator sport, um, people being able to come and and watch sport, whether that be football, rugby, whatever, whatever, boxing, of course. The indoor-outdoor thing is an element to it. Um, I think there's more chance of there being significant crowds at outdoor events, which obviously cuts rugby out of the picture, uh, sorry, boxing out of the picture for a little while longer. Um, But there has been some announcements today that there there may be some limited numbers allowed at indoor venues subject to all the criteria and restrictions and and on a very limited basis. So we may see a few fans scattered around the place when we get to these fights at the end of the month and going into the new year. Um, but I think we're a long way from the the big crowds that um, we've grown accustomed to at British boxing venues just yet.
0: I would agree with that. And so interesting back in this continent, before we get to Dubois and Joyce and the breakdown and David's Insight, uh, and he's already written about it on his own site, more on that in a moment or two, is the Mike Tyson, don't laugh at me, David Payne, Roy Jones exhibition, whatever this actually is, <laughs> Slated for Saturday, no fans again in Los Angeles at Staples Center, only on TV, on pay-per-view. I have mocked this. You know this. You've been reading me. You've heard me on the podcast. The audience has. David has. Uh, here we are the week of, and I'm still not completely convinced that it's going to happen, but apparently it is going to happen, whatever it is. You're a nostalgic guy like I am. These are two Hall of Fame fighters One of them is 54, Mike Tyson, not been in the ring professionally in 15 years. Roy Jones is 51. He was in the ring about a year and a half ago, but he's obviously at least three or four years beyond, maybe five or six years beyond, shouldn't be in the ring anymore doing this. All right, I've said my piece. This is apparently going to happen Saturday. What do you make of it? I, I put it directly to you. Is this a mockery of their legacies? that they're getting out there in this eight round, whatever this is with no headgear on, what do you make of it?
1: Um, A slightly more nuanced view than you, I guess. Um, And it all depends about how you arrive at it. What what kind of position you want to take on it. Um, I think it started off as a bit of a whim based on that very select footage that we all saw of Mike Tyson looking like an approximation of, of his former self and, you know, fair play to the guys in great physical shape for his age. And it was nice piece of nostalgic kind of insight to see him looking something like that. And I guess to guys of our age and a little older, it just gives you the twinkling of hope that they, you know, maybe maybe that young athlete who was once inside all of us is still there. Um, so that was nice. But obviously it's morphed into something entirely different now. Um, so we now have an exhibition with Roy Jones. Uh, neither of them, um, obviously, anywhere near their prime. As you say, it's 15 years since Tyson's been in a ring. Um, it's probably 20 years since he's been in a ring emotionally and and, and w- with a desire to be there. He's not longer. And the footage of Roy Jones shows an elderly man, battered and bruised from a long career, moving around a ring like um, a stiff pair of scissors um, or knitting needles. There's just... <laughs> <laughs> the, the fleet of foot is long gone, um, you know. So it's it it is a bit of a mockery in that respect. And I think it only becomes a joke when people take it more seriously. When they fall for the PR, there's going to be anything like any real animosity between the two. Um, uh, the 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 qualifying uh, thing that I've seen put out today, is showing what won't be happening.
2: Yes. I mean, there won't
1: be there won't be any knockouts and so on and so forth perhaps bring the uh, the more romantic viewers back down to earth a little bit. But obviously, what you may not know, I don't know what the situation is in America, but it's a pay-per-view event in the UK.
0: It It um, is here, too, just for your okay, enlightenment. It's okay. a $50 American pay-per-view. I don't know if it's significantly cheaper in England. I don't know that anyone would pay $9 for this. And I, I think there's legit concern that no one will, David. I don't know what they're charging well, in England.
1: I think it's about um, probably equivalent to about twenty dollars your your side over here, um, uh, and it's a bit of fun, and it it would it's harmless. And if they move around and just show little glimpses of what they used to do and they enjoy themselves, there's no real harm done. If they, and if this notion that they're doing this for charity somehow um, comes to fruition, which I also I don't want to cast aspersions, but I have my reservations about too, um, then great. Um, but there's been conversations, I don't know if you've seen it over there in the States, but our great pundit Steve Bunce, who you've probably come across at some time or another in coverage in America, um, is everywhere over here. He interviewed Mike, and Mike was throwing out the suggestion that you know these exhibitions could become something else, and I think there's a desire to develop some sort of tour of legends. Perhaps. He wants to
0: call it a legend series and have numerous ones of these but i think it's really a house of cards david i th- i think if people see this saturday night and from the opening round it looks like two guys not trying to really hit each other and and what is this and is this just to take our money this is as yeah. we like in the, in the south in the united states we call it one and done this could be one and done here <laughs> on, on forget a legend series david Payne.
1: yeah yeah i i, I would agree with that i, I think that there may there may have been it may have been possible to sustain a little bit more of the um, the electricity around this if it had been Holyfield on the other side of the ring because you, you can't help thinking that those two might have might have f- found a little bit more animosity because of their history but I think the whole Tyson Jones premise uh, looks as shaky as the two of them will probably look after 30 seconds come Saturday night.
0: Well said, from David Payne. He's the boxing writer on Twitter on social media. Boxingwriter.co.uk is his site contributor to the Big Fight Weekend podcast, and also on BigFightWeekend.com, where we uh, we ask you to go check out his articles. Uh, we've got a couple of them there uh, about uh, Connor Ben, the son of Nigel Ben, who was victorious last weekend in a in a main event. Uh, fight from matchroom boxing. So uh, in any event, read that one or read his preview as well. And we're going to verbally now discuss Daniel Dubois, Joe Joyce, two unbeaten English heavyweights that will be squaring off. I'm intrigued for this fight, but again, read David on his site uh, about this. Uh, I'm intrigued because, again, I know some about both guys. I've seen them uh, fight previously. Again, they're they're two tune-up fights, if you will, that they had earlier this year. They were expected to knock over easy competition. They both did. That was was basically set up to set this match into motion. All right, I've said my piece again. You wrote on your site. We put it on BigFightWeekend.com. This intrigues you, and tell me more about why it does, David.
1: Well, I think it should intrigue any boxing fan, really, and particularly those um, who have got a, a particular affection for the heavyweight division. It's two unbeaten prospects going at it, um, and they both bring different qualities and backgrounds to the fight, and it will, to a certain extent, project one of them forward as a potential world title challenger in in 2021, and, and hopefully doesn't... Um, Discard the the loser to the scrap heap because I think they've both got uh, they've both got ability and they've both got the desire to get there and there's still scope for improvement in both of them, uh, particularly Dubois because of his more tender years at just 23. Um, but I think we should relish the fact that they're fighting each other. TJ, um, all too often we see heavyweights um, get to 25 and 0 and they've barely fought anybody or it's a very um, manicured record shall we say Uh, so I think it's great credit to both of them and to Frank Warren who gets a lot of criticism um, some of it from me uh, that they're putting this fight together and they've had the perfect opportunity to sidestep it because we've had the pandemic so if they had had a change of heart and wanted to go a different route and all bets are off and things have changed they had a side door to exit um, but they've tried to reschedule twice before and now third time round we look like we're on for Saturday night And it should be a a real blockbuster. It should be a cracking fight between two guys who firmly 100% believe they're going to win. So that's what you want, isn't it? And Dubois is a favourite, but not um, prohibitively so. And there's a large school of thought and a great body of people, many opinions that I respect, that think Joyce will do it. So that's, again, the kind of vibe you want going into a heavyweight shootout. It's people thinking that either guy could win in different ways. So I'm very excited about it. And I'd encourage you guys over in the States to try and catch it. I believe it's on ESPN for you in America.
0: Right, it's on the app, I think, the ESPN Plus app. But Mm -hmm. uh, well worth it here because DeWaugh, again, a big puncher. And what you wrote, again, I'm pointing people to the column, is the expected scenario for him to win is knockout early probably. The real intrigue is if Joyce doesn't fall early, isn't out of there early? What happens next? And you think that he may, as a veteran, older former MMA fighter, he may succeed if this becomes a five, six, eight round fight, etc.
1: Well, I think that the accepted wisdom is that. Um Dubois is the, is the purer puncher in the fight. Um, so if anyone's going to be in trouble early, would be Joyce, which, again, can immediately be countered by the fact that Joyce holds a shot very well. He's a very rugged, durable guy. And although only 11 fights into his professional career, he's got a long amateur background behind him. He was a silver medalist at, um, at the last Olympics um, and has been decorated at various games along the way so although when you see his style you'll you'll think that he wasn't necessarily suited to the amateurs because he is a very rugged walk forward throws lots of shots constant engine sort of guy just irresistible force of nature type and Jaboir is um, a little bit more classic stand up nice jab but then when he gets going and gets someone hurt then the hooks start coming in and he's a he's a punishing fighter and, and, and entertaining to watch and um, over their short career so far, Joyce has probably had the tougher opposition. Uh, Brian Jennings, you will know very well, and Bermaine Stiverne. Admittedly, Stiverne's motivations at this point would have to be questioned. But in terms of their pedigree, they're, they're a lot stronger than anything that appears on Dubois's record. So, yes, the, conventional, or the accepted wisdom is that Dubois does it early, but if it goes longer... The stamina, the durability, the greater experience, the man strength, if you like, of of Joyce could cause him real problems if he goes later into the fight.
0: One more or two on this with David Payne as we continue on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. So the winner of this fight is obviously in some kind of position for something bigger in 2021. I believe, detached... Uh, distant from it, that it's unrealistic that either one of them can get in front of an Anthony Joshua or a Tyson Fury in 2021 because those guys are going to look to fight each other and even fight each other in a rematch, obviously. However, there's still some fights that are out there that are intriguing, and you kind of wrote about that. What If you could wave the magic wand, the winner of Joyce Dubois fights whom in 2021, not Joshua or Fury because it's not realistic, but if you could wave the magic wand on someone else and say, that's the match, that's the fight, who would it be?
1: Um, well, the, the styles might fight, cliche comes into it, but certainly I think they would be looking at names, perhaps like Joseph Parker, Dillian White, Povetkin, people like that. Um, perhaps. Usyk. Usyk, maybe? Well, Usyk's the, ob- the obvious one in some respects, because I believe um, there'll be some sort of qualification as the WBO's number one or oh, number two, who cares, it's so complicated. <laughs> but there is some sort of pathway down the WBO route and Usyk, we also know, is very well placed there. The stories that Joshua may forego the WBO belt. Again, it's, it's a maze that none of us really want to get lost in anymore. Um, but unpicking that, there's potential that there could be a Usyk versus the winner vacated Vacant belt type situation, which would be a terrific fight, an absolutely marvellous fight for both, a great challenge for Usyk, and a terrific um, platform for the winner of this. So, you know, it's, it's they would certainly be straight into that top ten of active guys, and once you're in that top ten, then anything's possible, isn't it? And it, you're, you rightly point out that we hope to get Tyson Joshua when there can be 90,000 fans, which is probably May, June, July, if that's going to happen, and who knows, a rematch, and Wilde's got to probably fit in somewhere. So they could be busy fighting each other, and none of us are going to complain about that, are we? But if there's a scenario where, for example, Joshua gets splattered in three or four rounds, who does he come back against? Does he need a homecoming against some upstart who's you know, perhaps predictable, perhaps he's got more experience than, then he can just do everything a little bit better than, that's very sellable and a known quantity, then these two guys could step right into that breach. So, yeah, there's there's a lot riding on this. And I don't think it's the end of the road for the loser, even if it's Joyce at 35 years of age. He's fresh to the professional game, and I think there's chances for him to be recycled, as all heavyweights often are.
0: I love the nostalgic aspect. Uh, You and I are contemporaries. We're about the same age. Uh, For the American fans, Dubois has ended a lot of fights early with the big right hand. Does he remind you? I mean, Lennox Lewis would be a reference. Lewis obviously excelled at the highest level as undisputed champion, etc. Who does he remind you of out of the British, out of the European? Who does he remind you of right now to give us a taste for this thing Saturday?
1: Well, you're avoiding the Frank Bruno bingo there, aren't
0: you? Would you like me to call Bruno B1, (laughs) B1 and hold up a ball? B1, Bruno? (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, that's, there has been some, um, there has been some comparisons with him. Uh, he's I bigger than, are, is he bigger than Bruno? Yeah, he yeah. looks bigger oh, yeah, than Bruno. He's, he's, he's a bigger, he's a bigger guy by an inch or two. Um, sim- similar sort of physicality, not quite as strict bare as, as Bruno was in the end. And he's not as robotic, but, um, the, as, as Bruno became. Um, but I think the difference is, um, the difference is that once he hurts you he seems to be a, he seems to be a slightly better finisher but again again it's early in his career but there there is there are signs that um with the progress he can still make that he he might be a a better finisher of 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 capable people we'll see again i don't want to go beyond because mm-hmm. i like bruno i've grown to appreciate bruno in my older age more than i ever did when he was active um, and sometimes I think there's disparaging comments about him are unfair, and I think sometimes any comparison with Bruno is loaded with a bit of negativity, which I don't think also is, is entirely fair. With regard to Joyce, um, Joyce is not pretty to watch by any means, and he, and he tries to make himself um, more more TV, um, if, if you like, by doing strange things. He did against Jennings, he was trying to do the alley Shuffle, etc., because he's a ponderous guy, there's no getting away from it. He's a big Hulk of a man, six foot six, block solid, blocks the sun out type. And he keeps coming and he keeps coming. Decent combination throw, but they're all slow. And I mentioned, uh, I'm loath to do it because you'll probably start to smile at me, but I, I did mention the, the Foreman comparison. Right. I, I added caveat straight away. I hasten to add uh, that he's fought no one like Foreman, etc. And it's only an echo, but there is something in the. The slowness of some of the punching, but the kind of weight, the, the the thud of when they hit, that is reminiscent of George a little bit, and maybe fans might pick that apart on Monday, or they might, you know, recognise uh, what I'm what I'm pointing to. So. I don't know if that's a, a waffly point of reference on both, but um, well, I was going to uh, say that there, phrase. Of
0: point of reference is you're just making yeah. a point of it. You're not saying he is him. I mean, I no. say this all the time when we uh, cross over sports uh, for bas- basketball. It's a worldwide sport. Somebody brings up he reminds you of Larry Bird or he reminds you of Magic Johnson or It doesn't mean that you're saying that they are them. Um, in your football world, Ronaldo, or he remind you. It doesn't mean you're saying that he is messy, that uh, he is the soccer player, not messy, as in doesn't clean his room. Uh, that, uh, that it, just because you say he reminds you of what this guy, Lewis, Tyson, Leonard, go on down the list, that doesn't mean that you're saying that they are them. Um, no. So, But I, I like this. I like this for the point of comparison. It's a very intriguing fight. Uh, before we get out of here with your segment, I always love to give you the floor. Anything else on your mind? Any fighter, any fight that in entra- Joshua coming in a couple of weeks? Yes, uh, about a year layoff. Does Pulev have any challenge or any threat for him? We don't know. We got time to build that up. Anything else on your mind that any fighter, any fight? What else is striking you right now, my friend?
1: Well, well, well last time I was on, um, I think I closed off, as I mentioned, in a kind of drunken uncle way. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> By saying that the, the lockdown and the shutdown and the step away from weekly boxing uh, kind of made you have a new perspective. And it was all about, I think the, the sentiment behind that point was, let's start having some fights that mean something. Let's start demanding that the top guys fight each other more regularly. Top 10 guys, top 20 guys fight right. each other more regularly. Not just the champions, it's not all down to them. Um, because we've grown tired of it, TJ, haven't we? We've grown tired of looking back nostalgically and then looking at what we've got and thinking why, why, why are we? In the, they're in their thirties and still haven't had a defining fight. So I, what I would like to perhaps close on is let's be positive about the fact we're going to have Canelo Smith uh, in the next few weeks, which is the fight to make in the super middleweight division. It pitches the two, two best guys. Smith's got all the belts that mean anything. Canelo's got all the money that means anything and all the status. And I I think that's a great thing to be applauded. He could have taken an easier fight. Smith has had to be patient, but ultimately we've got the right outcome. And that will be a great fight. I'm sure we'll probably talk about that perhaps in the next week or two. Sure. Um, But but that's really good. Uh, And we may, if uh, the pandemic unfolds as we hope and and things at ease next year, we may get that Fury-Joshua fight in in the summer next year um there's there's lots of hurdles to climb over and I'm sure lots of negotiations but there seems to be the path's converging and um it i think they're aware it's too good an opportunity to miss so Let's hope we may turn a corner and we may look back on this period coming up as, as one of the better ones where we're not so frustrated as we have been in recent years.
0: And we do credit boxing being a worldwide sport. Again, I made reference earlier in the conversation, whether we're talking about England, the UK, Europe, whether we're talking about the United States, whether we're talking about Australia, even they've been able to stage fights and that will continue to march on. Even if you have to do it with no fans in the kind of bubble environment, you can still have it. Uh, I'm of the belief, and I, I've been saying this about other sports, we should take what we can get right now. If you can have something, and and part of something, or maybe even sixty or seventy percent of something, that's better than zero of it. So we're taking this where we can get it, and it looks like we've got uh, a backloaded final few weeks of this year that'll be interesting. We cannot sell short the Dubois Joyce fight in the afternoon U.S. time, prime time, late night in in London. Uh, coming up on Saturday night is a heavyweight, unbeaten showdown where the winner again should, should be in the conversation in twenty twenty one for something significant, we would think. And I love this man writing about it, giving me the insight, speaking about it here and writing on boxingwriter.co.uk, David Payne. Check out his site. Follow him at the Boxing Writer on social media. He'll be tweeting away, chirping away. Um I love because I'm getting to see you, even though it's an audio podcast, that you've got Rocky Marciano KOing Jersey Joe Walcott over your right shoulder while I'm talking to you. The man loves nostalgia and the history of the sport of boxing. And like I like I say to you frequently, and I'm not being patronizing when I say this, I love the accent. It's just different. I love hearing the accent and hearing the insight. Um, and I'm glad you're doing well I'm glad that you're hanging in there. Any final thoughts from you as, uh, before we depart and head towards the weekend?
1: no just good to be back on with you my friend and um, look forward to catching up with marquis soon as well and uh best wishes of the podcast nice to
0: see you nice to be with you as well david payne we will continue marquis johns will join me we'll mix it up more about the fights this weekend and much more again check out david's site boxingwriter.co.uk to reading more and we thank him for being with us as the show continues all right, it is Thanksgiving week. The holiday is here, and whether you're having turducken and mashed potatoes, whether you're going with the ham, with the stuffing, the green bean casserole, all the different food, we've got something that'll go just along with all of your dishes. It's the My Bookie Turkey Day Free Play. It's My Bookie's third annual version of this Turkey Day contest, so it is specifically for Thursday, depending on when you're hearing us. It's your chance to bet up to $250 risk free. On a Thanksgiving Day game, the Turkey Day free play is no risk, all gravy wager on the full game spread. Pick the right team and you win. If your team is upset and you bet up to $250, it's refunded before the next afternoon game. All of you new players get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. Spend $100, get matched $100, spend $500, get matched $500, all the way up to $1,000 and add more excitement to what's going on. Again, check it all out at mybookie.ag, including the Turkey Day free play that is going on. Use our promo code SGP for that deposit bonus match. You bet, you win, you get paid all Turkey Day weekend long. For the NFL, for college, for everything happening with mybookie.ag. And we're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. And with Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. And in the NFL, you choose 10 out of the 20 available players to build up in your lineup. And again... Uh, you prop up with Thrive Fantasy. And Thrive has given out over $60,000 in guaranteed prizes every week and has awarded over $2 million now in cash prizes for the uh, college football and NFL seasons all year long. So use our promo code SGP when you sign up and get your chance to win. And I've got a couple of free uh, advice picks for this weekend uh, for Thanksgiving week and weekend weekend. Uh, I like best coming on the weekend Sunday, depending on when you're hearing us. What will Justin Herbert do uh, in Buffalo against the Bills? His under over is 24 and a half on completions on the Thrive Fantasy app. Are you taking that under or over? We're going to talk more with Brian Edwards, our senior handicapper from MajorWager.com, about this game. It's going to be cold weather. It's at Buffalo. I'm tending to go under on those number of completions. Meanwhile, Las Vegas comes cross-country in an early game, a 10 a.m. Pacific time start with Atlanta on their body clock. Derek Carr looking to feast, speaking of Thanksgiving on Atlanta. Atlanta's defense. The under over is one and a half touchdowns. I'm going over for that for Carr and the Raiders trying to bounce back off the loss to Kansas City. And speaking of bouncing back, give me Tom Brady to go over 277 and a half yards against the Chiefs. I know this game will be a shootout. Mahomes will have his yards. Brady will get his yards as well. Give me over for Tom Brady on the 277.5 yards. This is what you do with Thrive Fantasy. Go to thrivefantasy.com to find out more about the rules and regulations. Download the app through the Apple Store, the Google Play Store. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy and our promo code SGP. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive, professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus ace per head also has live betting and a great mobile experience you can get started today ace is offering six weeks free by the way go to aceperhead.com slash sgp that's aceperhead.com slash sgp to find out more we're back on big fight weekend now here's your host tj reeves Yes. Hopefully everybody has gotten enough to eat for Thanksgiving. And as we head towards the weekend and head towards a busy fight weekend, who better to help me break it down? The man that has consumed enough turkey, enough dressing, enough cranberry. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he's a pumpkin pie, pecan pie, or apple pie kind of guy, but he is the senior writer, at bigfightweekend.com. Marquise John's back with me on the podcast. Plenty of dessert for you. How are you?
2: Pretty good TJ Sweet potato pie household here as well, and it's very <laughs> underrated how cranberry has to be on everybody's turkey plates. I don't care what it is if it's out the can. I'm not a big if, if
0: cranberry it's... guy, and I'm not a big sweet potato guy. Period. Much less sweet potato pie. Do you uh... do it with the Do you do it with the whipped cream on the sweet potato pie or without? What What's the deal?
2: Uh, Uh, No whip. That's too much
0: dairy. No whip. No whip on that. Uh, So you've gotten plenty to eat. Uh, We've been going over some of these fights with our buddy David Payne over in the UK, in England, the boxing writer. Now I'm ready to bring you in here. I know just as a general comment, we've got uh, fights in South Florida, fights in France, fights in Los Angeles, uh, fights in London. uh, All coming here in the next couple of days. Very, very interesting weekend here, obviously.
2: Absolutely, TJ, and I think this is the result of uh, the pandemic going on where everyone's trying to cram these cards in as much as possible because the great example of that is this Dubois-Joyce card, which was said, I think, pushed back about four times now at this <laughs> point, uh, along with this uh, other card in, in, in uh, California on Saturday as well that was pushed back. So a lot of these fights are trying to get crammed these in before the end of the year, and it just happens to all fall on a holiday Thanksgiving weekend here.
0: Yep, and they're hoping for lots and lots of eyeballs. So let's kind of begin chronologically. You wrote on the site about the unbeaten French heavyweight. And first of all, those those words don't usually go together, do they? No. Unbeaten heavyweight contender French Frenchman Tony Yoka will be fighting in uh, Nantes, France, uh, coming on Friday night. Uh, French time, uh, Friday afternoon, U.S. time. Yoka is the former Rio Olympics gold medalist where he beat a couple of significant names, including Joe Joyce, who we're going to talk about again in a minute uh, in the Rio Olympics uh, to win the gold medal. Yoka unbeaten fighting veteran Christian Hammer. So that kind of kicks us off here on on that fight. We suspect that Yoka is going to win, but Hammer Hammer's been in there with some decent competition, right?
2: Absolutely, TJ, and Hyman's a live dog in this fight, and what, what is interesting about Yoka being in action, this is going to be his uh, top-ranked debut, uh, and this fight's going to air here in the States on the plus because of it. They're trying to see how he looks uh, in, in the stack of heavyweights that they have here, because top rank from the last couple of, uh, pretty much his last year or so, TJ, has been picking up heavyweights piece by piece, like signing-wise. It will be Yoka with Jarrell Miller, unfortunately. Or it just in or FAI jog, but the list goes on. And on but these guys just picking up heavyweights, pretty much just to, to build the camps up. And he's fighting Hammer, who is a fight veteran, which I think is going to be neat, only because to see how he stacks up competition wise. Yoka should get by, but this will set, set up something down the line where they may give Yoka either a bigger fight, either somewhere in France or somewhere they bring him up into the U.S.
0: Maybe so. And again, that one's scheduled for ten rounds, nine title fight. In that one, heavyweights could get very intriguing, especially with the winner of Dubois and Joyce, like we're talking about. I'm going to get Marquise's thoughts on that fight for Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, Saturday night, uh, late in London coming up. Uh, First, though, let's stay chronologically with the DAZN show, even though these are not title fights uh, per se that DAZN has. They do have an intriguing 168-pound bout, Daniel Jacobs, Danny Jacobs, who tried unsuccessfully. Uh, a couple of times to to take, well, he actually, he won the IBF um, uh, title at 160, but had it mm-hmm. taken off of him uh, by Canelo Alvarez uh, in in what was a hotly contested battle where Alvarez just uh, actually wore him down a little bit and, and bettered him by decision about a year and a half ago. Jacobs in action with Gabriel Rosado, uh, this is uh, you. You've been intrigued more by the smack talk going on here, building up to this Friday night fight in South Florida at the Hard Rock Casino in Hollywood, Florida, not where, not far from where Marquise and I are recording this podcast. the The build up has intrigued you here a little bit.
2: It has, TJ. Pretty much the smack talk of leading up to this fight is of something that's been brewing for a long time. There was an article written how this has been brewing at least since 2015. I know personally this has been brewing up at least since last year, since the last Jacobs fight on The Zone, where he, he faced Julio uh, Cesar Chavez Jr. And at the Baco, when that all had to re- relocate from Vegas to Phoenix, Right. he came in overweight. What happened was Gabe Rosado was the standby opponent in the event Chavez fell through. Despite all of that, they let Chavez fight and they they gave Rosado the walkout bout at, at the end of everything once they, after after fans threw beers onto into the stands <laughs> into the, and that Sergio Mora and everyone into the ring. So this has been brewing for a while. Rosado talks a lot of stuff for this fight because pretty much he just don't see these guys don't see eye to eye. Yeah, no one's expecting Rosado to win this fight. By the way, he's a huge underdog in this. But the one thing I did like about this fight and and the big thing that came out of this TJ is uh. Normally, on this fight, originally, it was supposed uh, uh, to have, an event, Demetrius Andrade against Dusty uh, Harrison. Harrison, Harrison. Uh, That got scrapped because Dusty got COVID, which means now uh, Andrade has to fight this WBO mandatory with Liam Williams next year. That, as, that's what Eddie, Eddie Hearn confirmed to us on the media call this year, this week for it as well. So that means, A, uh, Andrade gets an actual uh, fight for once. Granted, it's probably no one that no one wants to hear about, but it's going to get the fight. And, two, this fight for Jacobs gives him something to do where he can keep. He can stay busy with uh, Rosado, who is going to give him rounds for it. We'll see how this works. Rosado, TJ, has been fighting forever. And if you've seen right. one Rosado fight, you've seen them all. He gets bleeded by the third round. He may go down in the sixth, but we'll see if Jacobs can actually put him away in this one.
0: And Jacobs, again, was victorious. I had basically mentally blocked out Julio Cesar Chavez's name. And by the way, he's even fighting this weekend, and we're not going to talk much more about him. But he yeah. won that fight, what, back in December uh, in Arizona. So he's been... Uh-huh. Inactive now about 11 months. Of course, almost everybody has been inactive unless you fought the first couple of months of this year or have fought in the resumption since July. But Jacobs-Rosado will be the main event uh, there in that fight card for DAZN. Uh, interesting uh, that he's fighting here at 168 is is this. I don't know that he can get back in front of Canelo Alvarez, for example, who fights uh, coming up now in a couple of more weeks at 168 against Callum Smith. Is is Jacobs looking at maybe Caleb Plant or somebody else at one sixty eight if he continues to win? What is your thought, real quick?
2: My assumption, TJ, is they're going to look at somebody else. Once you get one shot at Canilla, you don't you don't get a rematch. So I'm thinking it may be someone along the lines of Caleb Plant in the event that Plant doesn't face up Benavides or someone on the PBC side of things. Right. Hopefully down the line, I'm. Interesting with that as well, a lot of these guys on the matchroom side as well, TJ, you may notice as well, a lot of them are fighting in between 160 and 168. Like Andrade for this fight was supposed to try out at 168 as well, you know, the right. proverbial Canelo sweepstakes. I mean, it's one lottery ticket. That one was won by Canelo. Well, state.
0: if I can interject, Andrade has the WBO 160 belt. If Jacobs mm-hmm. wins, would it be attractive because they're both promoted by Ahern, Matchroom, uh, would it be attractive to have them both drop down and fight at 160? At some point, let's say later in 2021, or do you not think that's realistic to fight for that title at 160?
2: I think with Andrade, he's slowly chasing after Billy Joe Saunders, who has the belt at with WBO at 168. And the WBO rules, TJ, as you well know, it's once you move up in weight class as a prior champion, you become the instant Mando. And Saunders has been avoiding uh, Andrade pretty much like an unpaid bill for the last two years, like most people in Andrade. So I think they was going to go that route with it.
0: Well, and again, the W. I thought you were going to say the WBO rules are that they have no rules; they just make that it up. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll see if Jacobs can can work his way into a 168 title fight somehow if he wins in this one. Um, all right, so let's move along to Saturday, where the fights are much better. I, I said some things in the back and forth with David Payne about this Daniel Dubois Joe Joyce uh, English heavyweight intriguing fight. I mean, we've got several different. Uh, juicy aspects, if you will. Bois, the big knockout artist, is much younger at 23. Joyce, again, polished amateur fighter, former MMA professional, 35 years of age older, but I think this is legitimate. Uh, David was talking about it. Joyce is the biggest test Dubois has fought as of yet. So, Marquise, that's the main event fight for Queensbury Promotions fight card. It's on BT Sport. Uh, in in, uh the UK and uh, in London, obviously, with no fans, it's on in the United States on ESPN Plus Saturday afternoon. Your thoughts on this fight? Because I think there's some real intrigue here.
2: This actually, T.J. is the best heavyweight fight going on this weekend, and the reason why is because it's two pretty much undefeated heavyweights going at it in in this stage in their career. I think with Dubai, well, I think he's he's the guy that's on the come up uh, and in terms of in his, his ring, in-ring ability. And this is a tough test for him in Joy Joyce. The one thing about Joyce that is always overlooked is, despite the fact that Joyce's punch may move in slow motion, and that's well-documented when you watch a Joy Joyce fight, he has the power behind that slow motion, and if he gets caught with any of that stuff, it's over. It, it's always the, you know, the, it is the quote the great wrestling cliche from Gorilla Monsoon, TJ. It's the irremovable force against the irresistible object, and that's what this fight is on Saturday afternoon out in the U.K.
0: I love you referencing Gorilla Monsoon. That is tremendous. Uh, going back to the WWF days, where he'd be with Bobby the Brain, he and he'd be like, "Brain, didn't you see him hit him with the foreign object? No, Monsoon, it was trick photography. You didn't see that." So yeah, <laughs> we need to have them on the commentary for some of these uh, fight cards. Interesting uh, that I am I am growing of the belief, and maybe I'm going to be totally wrong here. Dubois has a lot of early knockouts. Has the big right hand? Uh, I described it as the cannon the, the cannon like right hand. I think Joy stands up to him. I mean, watch watch this be over with in one round, with one booming right hand. But I think Joy stands up to him like David and I were talking about. I think he pushes this into the later rounds. And I'm looking, uh, you know, our guys on sportsgamblingpodcast.com, they are gracious to have this podcast pushed out through their network of shows and through their website. They love us talking about the odds. And talking about this fight in particular, and our friends at MyBookie.ag have it very interesting that Joe Joyce is plus six fifty to score a knockout or a TKO in this fight. I might, I might like a little taste of that, Marquise that he gets this into the later rounds and gets a stoppage of Dubois, who hasn't really been challenged that much as a professional. I might like Joe Joyce, let's say 6th or 7th or 8th round knockout or or TKO or something like that. What do you think of that uh, there for the betting purposes?
2: That's a solid play in terms of if if you're going to pick Joyce, you're going to pick Joyce in the later rounds. I just think Dubois is going to find a way just to get to him early in this fight. But one thing I reference is the... uh, Fight that Dubois had with Nathan Gorman, where he pretty much broke him down. And I think he's going to do the same thing with Joyce in the same fashion as well with that cannon right hand, as you mentioned. If you're going to pick Joyce, though, TJ, I will admit, picking the later round play on that isn't bad at plus 650. Otherwise, you, I really think uh, Dubois is going to win this on points either one way or another.
0: And the bookies and mybookie.ag believe Dubois win will win by knockout. He's minus 200 to score the KO. Interesting, there's not a round option. It is only an either-or if you're betting for the under-over. Will it go the distance or not? And the yes on Will It Go The Distance is plus 250 right now from my bookie at the time that we're taping this, getting ready for the weekend. And one more question to you. I asked this to David. We understand the politics. We understand it's much more lucrative for Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua to be fighting each other, and they even have a rematch clause supposedly agreed to. But let's say Tyson Fury is looking for an opponent uh, coming up here in, in the short term Any chance that the winner of this fight gets to fight Tyson Fury in London, in England, let's say, three, four months from now before a potential Joshua fight or no chance at that, Marquise?
2: No chance, TJ. I really think uh, if Fury's going to fight someone in any any Canada month, it's going to probably be that uh, A.J. Cabell guy that we trying to throw down our throats early before they got pushed (laughs) by the wayside. (laughs) That name will resurface because it's pretty much the bottom of what the WBC has to offer in terms of competitive uh, Uh. heavyweights. I'm saying that behind me with air courses. I'm telling you this. And it's going to be a left-hand one on those lines. I don't think think Fury will challenge anything in these upstarts or any of these prospects.
0: Again, Ajit Kabayel is the fighter who is unbeaten. He is a Kurdish uh, German, uh, living in Germany, born in Germany, fought primarily in Germany and in Europe, and that's that's the guy that was picked. But it is interesting, they didn't get that pulled off for next weekend, December 5th, and Fury made the announcement about 10 days ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was, hey, I won't be fighting the rest of this year. It makes you wonder what's going on politics-wise, lawsuit-threatened-wise with Deontay Wilder, What what's happening with the supposed rematch clause in the contract there. Then again, they could be announcing soon whoever Fury's opponent's going to be and where. Uh, we'll see on that. Marquise Johns with me. A few more minutes. Big Fight Weekend podcast. Marquise does a great job writing on the site as a senior writer at BigFightWeekend.com. All right, we've saved it all the way to the end. Saturday night, Staples Center. Again, one more time, my qualifier. At the time we're taping, it looks like it's going to happen. The Legends fight. The fight in air quotes, to use your air quotes line. The exhibition between 54-year-old Hall of Famer Mike Tyson and 51-year-old Hall of Famer-to-be Roy Jones scheduled to happen. It is going to come off. I've said a couple of things. Go right ahead because we're leading up to fight night Saturday. What do you want to say about this?
2: Imagine TJ paying 50 bucks for a fight that does not matter, like an episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway. Whatever, what a absolute <laughs> sham this is and a dupe of the American public, TJ.
0: You're going but strong. Hey. You're going strong with it, okay.
2: Prop, props I mean props to Triller for getting this to be a big pay-per-view sale and what have you, you know you know let's be honest cuz but but the reason behind this as you know it's the appeal of a car accident you want to see that you want to see the wreck you want to see what's going to happen in we, and we all know this but
0: do we really know that the American public the sporting fan not the hardcore boxing fan cares about this i don't i don't know that we know that they do i think Triller could find out the hard way here, that most of the average sports fans are going to care about watching the college football and getting ready for the NFL on Sunday, and they're not plunking down $50, uh, especially if, Marquise, this turns into what I believe and many believe, which will be a farce that by the second or the third round, it's obvious these guys are tired, they're not trying to knock each other out, and luckily there will be no crowd to boo at the the Staples (laughs) in Los Angeles, if that's the case.
2: That is the case, DJ. and imagine, I just can't justify anyone paying to see, what to quote Allen Iverson, practice, and it's like, uh, and, and I mean, there's no headgear, I mean, there's always that whole idea, but there, if there's any sign of imminent danger or anybody's hurt, because it's a, this is pretty much a glorified sparring session, they're going to stop this, so it's oh. like, it's really, it's an absolute... Well, I, and, and
0: here's another thing that, that you and I need to talk about, so the California yeah. State Athletic Commission has already had some controversies, including, uh, we wrote about this on the site, Uh, This week, they finally um, took the withhold off of the purse of Alexander Flores, the heavyweight who fought in the PBC on Fox main event earlier this month against Victor Ortiz. And again, fight is the wrong word. He stood there and took a punch or two and then fell over in what looked like a dubious first round knockout against Victor Ortiz, the former heavyweight challenger, former heavyweight title challenger. Uh, if any fight looked like it could have been a dive and withhold his purse, it would have been that one. But the, they, they interviewed the ref, they interviewed the ringside physician, they did an investigation, they interviewed the fighter, and they believe him, and they released his purse. And I think it, it may be as much as anything is they didn't want a lawsuit, probably from Flores or any of that. They just let it go because there didn't seem to seem to be enough there to, uh, to say it was a fix. So anyway, California Athletic Commission has had controversy. Mm-hmm. So now we have controversy brewing with this because they are saying— uh, Andy Foster, the executive director, we're not sanctioning this Tyson, <laughs> this Tyson Jones fight as the California Athletic Commission. They're saying instead, talk to the WBC, the World Boxing Council, uh, about this exhibition. And the WBC has now hit the tennis ball back over the net to mix my sports and metaphors and said, no, no, talk to the California Commission. They're the ones sanctioning it. So basically, we have essentially an unsanctioned exhibition here. Is that fair for this fight? Yes.
2: It is, TJ, and it sounds like it, it, essentially what it is is the old Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck cartoons where it would be duck season, wabbit season, and they'll flip around <laughs> and figure out which one is which, and no one wants to take accountability or assets <clears throat> of this nonsense, which is the worst part of all of this. And, that's and,
0: why really- and furthermore, the WBC has already said there's not going to be actual judging. It's celebrity judges, and who are the celebrity judges?
2: Oh, of course, TJ. None other than uh, judging professionals Christy Martin, Vinny Pazienza, and Chad Dawson, because <laughs> apparently, this not not only is this not a non-sanctioned fight, this is apparently a competition to see who makes, you know, America's Got Talent or something.
0: Oh, and, and the other thing is, they've already said they're not going to announce a winner yet. There are odds on mybookie.ag right now for Tyson Jones, but yeah. the California Commission has made it pretty clear. They're, they're basically not going to declare a winner. They're going to leave it up to the WBC if they want to announce if somebody actually won this thing, despite Tyson being plus 240, or I'm sorry, Tyson being minus 240 to win, Roy Jones being plus 170 to win. Are we even going to, there, there's just, you can tell from my sarcasm and yours, there's so much that just leads you to believe this is going to be a farce Saturday night and a joke.
2: I think it's going to be the biggest no contest we're going to see in a long time, TJ. And it's weird because no one wants to take accountability for it. We can't find out who wins. The people judging it aren't sanctioned judges. It's just a, it's just a, a roller coaster of nonsense. Out of all of this, where they just came out and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna spar, or whatever have you? Call it a sparring session. Don't call it a fight." They're talking leading up to this everything you know wrestling style like this is going to be a real fight. Right. Tyson Tyson saying like, "Hey, if you think this is a, an exhibition, you got everything coming." Like, but it's an exhibition. Like, they, how they, they, how
0: they, about <laughs> they put another stipulation in that they will not test these two for marijuana because they already know Mike Tyson would <laughs> flunk it five out of five times if they did that. Um, so it's no secret so uh, anyway they're taking wagering mybookie.ag again to plug them for our friends uh, at Sports Gambling Podcast and their sponsors here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast sportsgamblingpodcast.com mybookie.ag has the under over at 7.5 rounds in other words will the fight go to the 8th round the 8th and final round or not and it is uh, it is plus 175 to make it to the 8th round minus 220 to make it to the 8th round Again, don't come crying to me, and I kind of hear it uh, too from Marquise, if you pay your $50 and you have an exhausted 54-year-old Mike Tyson in the third round, which is very possible, Marquise, I don't know if you want to weigh in on that. I think it's very possible he, more so than Roy Jones, uh, could be uh, badly out of shape in this by the third or fourth round.
2: I think they're both going to be gassed, even if it gets that far. Tyson, I think it'll just happen. Now that's no reason why they may just stop it altogether because both corners will just say, "Hey, are you guys done? Yeah." And then it's, that's that's it. And he, people forget to realize that the last time Tyson was in the ring was two five, Was that two thousand seven against Kevin McLeod? Two thousand
0: five. Fifteen years team, ago. Fifteen
2: so pretty much about four presidents ago was the last time we had Mike Tyson in the (laughs) ring. And we expect to see some sort of weird knockout heavyweight scrap of like ali Frazier between these two guys. Right. Yeah.
0: No. And you watched, (laughs) you watched that video of Tyson being pummeled by, by McBride 15 years ago. And, And again, Roy Jones here has been knocked out repeatedly on the back half of his career. And there are legitimate concerns for him as well in terms of long-term brain injury and that kind of stuff. Uh, Again, it's America, you know, the Don Don King only in America that we're going to try to do this. It would not shock me if Triller Triller finds out that there's less than like 100,000 pay-per-view buys. I don't know that we'll ever get the truth. Or maybe it's less than 50,000 and Triller says that's it on this whole Mike Tyson idea of a legend series of fights. That the public is just too hip to it, uh, especially when these guys aren't really fighting, if you couldn't tell uh, how we're saying uh, all of this. Uh, and, and by the way, we're purposely also not promoting the co-feature because you and I have a pledge for the integrity of Big Fight Weekend that we're not going to talk about a YouTube star getting into a boxing ring to fight a former NBA slam dunk champion. That yeah. I mean, that's not what we're about, right?
2: No, no TJ, over here at Big Fight Weekend, we cover real fights that actually mean something. And uh, the, the only fight of actual substance on this card, TJ, I can, I can vouch for, Lightweight prospect Jermaine Ortiz is on this card, buried uh, facing, uh, I want to say his name is uh, S- Suleiman Segura. Uh, Very that good. Guy, that guy, got, I wrote about him for Big Or
0: Segawa, however you say it. Suleiman Sagawa, yeah, I think. Yeah. Light, lightweight showdown, and you say Ortiz is worth the watch here?
2: Yeah, Ortiz is currently ranked in the bottom 15 of, at, at lightweight, and he's trying to make his way up the ranks. And this is for a regional title in the WBC, so that's going to keep his name in the, in, the, in people's mouths one way or another. And I talked to him during the pandemic. That was his goal all along. He wanted to face on this card as well, TJ, a certain YouTube star, but that, of course, fell by the cracks. So instead, he gets an actual fight instead, <laughs> and we'll see how that all shapes out.
0: <laughs> all right, so again, Saturday afternoon, Dubois, Joyce, very intriguing as heavyweights, and as intriguing as that is, to keep using that word, I am like less disinterested than root canal in in Tyson and <laughs> and and Roy Jones Jr. I mean I may I may I may click the uh, the highlight if there's a highlight, but I'm not plunking down forty nine ninety five or any more to watch that uh, for Saturday. And very interesting here. Just one more thing on this. I know Evander Holyfield, I have from two different sources, not just one, but two different sources. One uh, that is very connected to Holyfield uh, and they're thinking, his camp's thinking, they believed they were going to be Mike Tyson's opponent. And Evander still believes that whatever happens here, he will still get in the ring in one of these exhibitions with Mike Tyson in the first part of next year, in 2021, but this may be such such a farce that it that doesn't end up happening. If Evander is mad behind the scenes that he did not get this fight in this phone call with Mike Tyson uh, for this exhibition. And that was a lot of Evander's uh, mindset back in July and August, and when he was putting all the social media videos out as he believed he was going to get this fight in September. Tyson announced Roy Jones as the opponent. They announced it for September. They now moved it to November. I'm telling you, big fight weekend audience. Holyfield still believes he can get in the ring with Tyson in this Legends series. Holyfield believes that. I don't know that there will be another Legends series fight for Tyson in this whole thing, because I think I think the public may may uh, may smartly went out here and say, we don't care. We don't care watching this and the money drives it. And if there's no money, see you. Right.
2: Yeah, and TJ. Leading up to the promotion for that, that, I thought it was as well with Holyfield Tyson because Mike Tyson was out doing the the, the old angle he did back in '97 with the wrestling promos going on <laughs> wrestling shows promoting the fight, and that it all made more sense. You know, you know, because history repeats itself, especially with boxing. Especially Let with me tell wrestling.
0: you this: they had even agreed that they were going to do a a paywall podcast, like a live event that was also going to be recorded. I'm telling you this now, Tyson and Holyfield were going to do a video and audio podcast promoting this, this exhibition that had already been planned, it had already been ironed out, and then Iron Mike and his camp backed out and didn't want to do the podcast and didn't want to do the Stir It Up because I guess they had moved on to fighting Roy Jones at that point. So Holyfield is still, at the moment, hoping under the holiday uh, you know, uh, tree, under the Christmas tree, that he's going to get a Mike Tyson gift of a, of another one of these Legends fights, don't hold your breath. Don't uh, yeah. hold your breath on that. Uh, Marquise, anything else that we need to cover here as we head for the weekend and head for all these different fight cards? Because, again, there's several of them of interest like we've been going over. Go ahead.
2: Just one thing to take of, of, no, of note here. Uh, Galupkins back in action finally next month. It's going to be a very busy holiday season with fights now with up? Uh, Golovkin being fighting back over at the Hard Rock to end the year on the 18th against his IBF mandatory because uh, why not? So if you're just keeping score, we're getting Golovkin and we're getting Canelo back on the zone in the same month on the same how about How
0: about two nights apart? And yeah. the thought has always been that the two of them uh, would fight. Uh, Golovkin fighting Kamil Setsmeta, if I said that right, Polish That's opponent. It. They were hoping to have that fight back in March. Back now, eight months ago, before the shutdown, but they couldn't hold the fight in time, couldn't lock down the date, and then the global pandemic broke out, and now they've been waiting uh, on the reschedule. Could there be fans or not? It will be right back at the Hard Rock Casino in Hollywood, where uh, Jacobs Rosado is Friday night on DAZN and Matchroom Boxing. And that is the night before, as you mentioned, uh, the Canelo-Callum-Smith title fight at the Alamo Dome on DAZN and Matchroom Boxing for the WBA Super Middleweight Championship. Again, Golovkin, though, is a 160-pound title holder. The belief would be he would have to move up to 168 if there is a Canelo fight in the offing. I I sense from you, though, again, Canelo wants no part of him, even if he wins and wins impressively. Not going to happen.
2: I don't think it's going to happen to him. I think at this point, Canelo's trying to get as far away from that fight as possible, and I don't think Golovkin is going to chase him at 168 even to do it at this point. All right. that, that, that trilogy's over.
0: And, and Golovkin pushing 39 years of age. He has been waiting for the third fight for the better part of a couple of years, and he ain't getting any younger. We know that yeah. uh, for sure. Same with Tyson and Roy Jones. 54, 54 years old, Mike Tyson will be in the ring, apparently, Saturday night. Uh, By his own admission, having lost 100 pounds over the course of the last three or four months, how sapped will he be uh, in this this bout with Roy Jones from having to undergo all that weight loss as well? We're going to find out. Marquise, plug away one more time about the site where we read you and everything that's going on. Go ahead.
2: Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com is a source you can find all your boxing news, past, present, or future. You can find me on Twitter uh, during these fights at Week Sauce Radio, covering the events. Uh, with the exception of the uh, Roy Jones Tyson fight, I'm not I'm not dealing with that. But everything else, you can catch me at Week Sauce Radio on Twitter. We'll keep an eye on that, Counsel as well as the recaps and pretty much keep you locked locked and loaded for the, this jam packed December of fight cards.
0: As uh, as a friend of mine that uh, is, let's just say he's in law enforcement uh and and oftentimes he will use this with uh with suspects or with things that are escalating where he warns them and tells them not to do something and then he says i use these same four words all the time tried to tell you tried to tell you here we (laughs) are tried to tell you about tyson jones tried to tell you we'll see what we'll see what it looks like Marquise, great stuff again follow him at weak sauce radio find him on the site bigfightweekend.com he'll be writing all weekend My friend, uh, have a safe rest of Thanksgiving weekend. Again, it starts Friday afternoon, U.S. time, with the heavyweight from France, Tony Yoka, moving all the way through the Saturday heavyweights with Dubois and Joyce and whatever this Tyson Jones Legends fight exhibition uh, song and dance ends up looking like. We'll have much more on it all throughout the weekend on all all these subjects on BigFightWeekend.com. Marquise, thank you. Be safe.
2: Absolutely, TJ. Avoid holiday shopping. Shop online. Watch people fight on on this. On TV <laughs> yeah, instead.
0: stay out of the stores by all means. Uh, right now, for COVID reasons and and sale uh, avalanche stampedes. Uh, all right, we're good. Thanks to David Payne, the boxing writer over in England, giving us perspective on Dubois and Joyce. I still like Joyce. Uh, by the way, one more time, Marquise, you're disagreeing with me on the Joyce win. Just real quick before we close out, you're thinking it's Dubois.
2: I think Dubois would win by points. It's you know, a unanimous decision, like eight, like uh, seven three.
0: All right. He takes, he takes the younger guy. I take the older guy. I'm an older guy than you. I'm taking the older guy uh anyway thank you for finding us subscribe again via uh apple podcast spotify google podcast whether you found us through a social media link sportsgamblingpodcast.com their network of shows the sports gambling podcast network subscribe it's the easiest way the podcast comes to you lots of humongous fights next weekend errol spence uh, and danny garcia world welterweight pay-per-view showdown in arlington texas we'll be previewing that we always come in the preview mode and come strong here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. For now, we're done. For Marquise John's, I am merely TJ Reeves. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend and the fights. And thank you for being with us on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. I want to fling. Whoa, marriage takes work. No, I want to fling into spring at Total Wine. Tequilas and fruit-flavored vodkas, chardonnays, roses, pinos. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total wine and more.